Rise and shine, Sammy. Welcome to the Winchester Winches Podcast with T Squared. We talk about all things Winchester and supernatural related. That was scary. No one in the history of torture has been tortured with torture like the torture you'll be tortured with. I'm Batman. Warning The Winchester Winches use adult language and discuss adult topics. In other words, we sound like sailors in the middle of Fleet Week. Son of a if you are easily offended, stop listening now. Seriously, we won't apologize or warn you again. I'll, I'll take a, a jacked up Dean Winchester over any 10 other hunters any day. When has death ever stopped the Winchester? Welcome to Winchester Winches. I am T. And I'm Other T. And we have a special guest today, Lynn Zabernis. I hope I said that right. You did. Awesome. Yay. <laughs> Hi, Lynn. Welcome to the Hi, show. Hi, guys. Thank and, you. And and you, you won't mind if we fangirl just a little bit, right? <laughs> I, I've been known to fangirl quite often over all kinds of things, so please feel free. Because <laughs> <laughs> we are so excited. You just have no idea. We have squeed big time over <laughs> over getting you on the podcast. And we've just, we were like, ah! So, yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for giving us some of your time. Oh, I, there's nothing I like talking about more than supernatural. So this is this is right. Well, up you are in the right house. <laughs> let me tell you. Yeah. <laughs> and you you were a Winchester winch before the podcast came along. So, you know, why wouldn't we have you on the show? <laughs> That's right. I, I feel like I really belong on your podcast. So and uh, we have a group on Facebook. Now, the, the group came first. We have we have to admit that the group Winchester winches on Facebook came first. Uh, but then we started this podcast and it was such a perfect name for a podcast. So we linked them together. So we send people from, you know, that listen to the podcast and say, check us out on Facebook, join the group. We talk all things supernatural. Yeah, awesome. it was originally a, it was originally a, a group that I shot off of my author page. I have word wenches as my, my author group with my, uh, with my bestie, Carrie Quinn. And uh, I was like, I probably shouldn't talk about Supernatural constantly on my work page. And so maybe I should start my own group. And uh, I had quite a few people that came over from my word witches. <laughs> so that worked out. Yeah, we made a we made a nice little home over there. and We have a good time over there. And it's not like they didn't know that you were a Supernatural fan. I mean, because there's oh, references no. in your book. So, yeah, yeah, one of my one of my series is uh, based loosely on Jensen. <laughs> Whoopsie. How nice! I'm gonna yeah. have to check that one out. He was the inspiration for the character. He he was the inspiration for Logan. Uh, who, yeah, who is a, he's also a singer because yeah, and then a, he came to life, and I'm like, oh. Uh, uh. But in the books, <laughs> like the books, they're set in Winchester Falls. You know, the name of the town is Winchester Falls. Uh, it's you know, there's all kinds of supernatural references. Nice little also shout outs. Nice. Oh, and by the way, uh, this this is might be. I just uh, finished listening uh, a couple, uh, maybe a week ago to CEO Daddy Taryn, and I oh. I did catch the uh, Hannah saying, mm-hmm. "And Supernatural is ending. It's been a really bad, you know." <laughs> 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 there are many many Supernatural Easter eggs in all of my books. Yeah. and luckily my 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 co writer she she doesn't she's not in the fandom, so she doesn't know. <laughs> she misses she doesn't catch so them. you just you sneak them in there and she just has oh, no idea time. i love that nope nope <laughs> she has no clue and she doesn't care but she's just like oh was that a supernatural thing i'm like maybe <laughs> <laughs> well 
Well, you know, yeah, while we're talking good. books, um, in case you have no, you know, you've lived on Jupiter or under a rock somewhere and you have no idea uh, who Lynn is, let's explain quickly. Uh, first of all, she's like the number one fangirl in the Supernatural fandom. Uh, and she has written several books about the fandom. So let's plug all your books right now. Oh, yay. thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want me to run them down? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, let's see if I can run them all down, because now there have been an awful lot of them. Um, the first one is Fandom at the Crossroads, which mm-hmm. is sort of more an academic book, since I am a psychologist and a professor. That one was all about how fandom and fan communities are changing and how they've been so influential, especially for women, providing community and things like that. So that was a kind of a serious book. And then after that, this is with my co-author, Kathy Larson, who's also a professor. Um, the next one that we wrote is called Fangasm, Supernatural Fangirls. So as you can tell from the title, that's not exactly a serious academic book. That was instead Kathy and my kind of own memoir about falling in love with Supernatural and saying, what the hell has happened to me? Why have I lost my mind? I'm a grown woman. That's where and we found out of, you were like all of us. <laughs> I, I mean, that's that's why we wrote it, because it was so many people's experience and there was nowhere to go to really be validated. There was nobody saying, yeah, you're crazy for a TV show. And you know what? Okay, that's healthy. That passion is is a good thing. So Fangasm is our own story of discovering the show and then going to conventions and then meeting all the actors and all the behind the scenes stuff on the set and everything. So that's the fun one. Um, then we wrote Fan Phenomena Supernatural, which is the first edited collection that we did. So we had fans writing about the show, um, academics who studied the show. Misha Collins wrote a chapter. Richard Spate wrote a chapter. The show's cinematographer wrote a chapter. So that's kind of all about the show. And then I did Family Don't End with Blood uh, just on my own, which is written by all of the actors and the fans of the show. So Jensen, and that one was my favorite. 10 other people. I mean, it's I won't take, like, I'm the editor, but I all the credit for that book goes to the people who wrote chapters because both the actors and the fans, they really wrote their hearts out. They got personal. They wrote about their own personal struggles. And we wanted to do it because we felt like if other people were struggling, it would be so helpful to hear that, you know, somebody like Jensen Ackles suffers from anxiety. Somebody like Jared Padalecki has been so depressed he didn't want to go on. So... I feel really good about that one because I've heard so many stories about how much it's helped people. Um, And then lastly, um, so far, I did Supernatural Psychology with Travis Langley, who's also a psychologist who studies pop culture and writes tons of books on all kinds of um, pop culture phenomena. And that one is also an edited collection, a little more academic because it really delves into like the psychology of the characters and what makes them tick. But you know, very readable. And and if you'd like to do a deep dive into a show, then that's a good Ooh. one. Yeah. And that's where we're that's where we that are. One. That's five. And maybe number six is coming soon. Ooh. Yay. Yay. Yeah. Lynn spilled <laughs> a little tea with us and we're, yeah. we're finding out little, that there's gonna be some fun coming. A little a little scoop, yes. There is another book that's coming out soon, and that's about all I can say. But I think people will be excited. And I think I think it will help people through the loss of the show. That's sort of the goal of this one. And we're going to need give that. fans something to, we all need something to kind of hang on to and really remember the show in a positive way. So I think that new project is going to allow that to happen. 
I think that's really important too because not everyone's going to like the ending no matter what they do. For sure. Because and I mean you hello, can't play zombie years. I mean yeah. Even if it's a lot. Yeah, there and even if you do like the ending, you're still losing something that's been really important to you, you know? So the characters I mean, yeah, and, it's like a major part of your life. For sure. And the immediacy of the community. I mean, I don't think the SPN family will go away, but it won't be the same. You know, we won't be no. doing episode reviews and talking about the new episode and anticipating what's gonna happen. It's gonna it's gonna change quite a bit. So there's a lot of loss associated with it, the show ending, no matter how you look at it. So I'm hoping this new project, this new book will help. Well, and it's going to be like um, grieving the loss of a family member or anything. You know, there's there, there will be the, the stages of grief and, you know, you'll uh, and, and everybody needs to know that it's going to be okay that you're grieving like that, Just, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, it, it's hard because you know, I teach a graduate course on grief and loss, so this is something that I tackle academically, too. As a matter of fact, I'm teaching that. Ironically, I'm teaching that course this semester, which oh. is the semester that Supernatural is going to end. So it's kind wow. of perfect. Oh, I'm no. gonna use that. I'm going to use that as an example throughout. But it's hard because this is the kind of loss that produces what we call disenfranchised grief. Because so many people are going to be like, it's a television show, get over it. So there's not mm -hmm. there's not going to be that kind of support from your quote unquote real life because people don't recognize the loss for the big thing that it is. Right, exactly. Because like at work, at my job, I am the only one there who is a Supernatural fan. Now, I shouldn't say that because my boss does watch the show, but he watches it because his wife does. He's not, you know... It's, <laughs> It's not the same. He's getting dragged along. <laughs> um, but, good for him. Good for him. But um, I really feel like uh, they're not going to get it. You know, when when it happens, when no. it finally happens, and it's it, it this to me, it feels a lot like uh, when you have a family member that's dying, say of cancer or something. So you know it's coming, and you yes. you tell yourself. Oh, you know, I, I have a lot of time to get used to it. I'm going to spend all this last, you know, last months with them and I'm going to enjoy every minute and stack up memories, you know, and you tell yourself mm -hmm. that. And that's the same way with the show. We know it's coming. We have a lot of time, We, you know, to, to, to stack up memories and all of that. But when it happens, it's still going to happen and you still have to uh, deal with it. It is, and, and in some ways, you know, in some ways that makes it easier, but in some ways that makes it harder. So there's also exactly. such a thing called anticipatory grief, right. which is when you have a situation that's sort of prolonged like that and you know the end is coming. And I think that's why, you know, the fandom has, has been in rough shape since the announcement because oh, yeah. this is a really hard time for everyone. And there's been a lot of anger and there's been a lot of infighting and because people are having a hard time dealing with this anticipatory grief. Yes. And they expect this last season to be something. And the expectations don't always, you know, the showrunner has his whatever. And his own ideas of how, yeah. Even mm -hmm. I'm watching it and I'm like, we should be like ramping up so much now. Why are, why, why are we slowing down? What's going on? And then we get angry and then we start talking about stuff and mm -hmm. then, and yeah, then... that's exactly right. Yeah. The stakes are so high. You know, before I could watch a season and say, well, all right, this isn't going to be my favorite season, whatever. It'll get better. But right. now you can't say that. 
Now no, when the show exactly. is not going, it's not going in a way that meets your needs and you want it to go. Now it feels just excruciating because no, they only have, you know, a handful of four episodes to film. So, oh my God, maybe I'm never going to get what I really exactly. love. And we're like, why isn't it like, it should be huge every episode and it mm-hmm. feels like it hasn't been. But, yeah, that's the way I mean, you that's, feel. That's my that own it writing, should, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you feel like, you know, the, the memories that you're trying to stack up. You, so you're thinking, oh, it should be a huge episode every single time. You know what I mean? Because you're trying mm-hmm. to stack up those memories and um, they can't all be that way. There's got to be the lows, too, to go with the highs. Yeah, yeah. And and in another season, we would all be fine with that. But at this season, just with the stakes right. being as high as they are, it's it's very hard for people to have. I keep having to talk myself back into that mindset of, look, this is just like any other season. You're not going to love all of it. You're going to love some of it. And that's always the way it's been. It just, it feels mm-hmm. different now because you know it's ending. Well, I'm and sure. And the thing is, like, even when we're bitching about our show, it's still better than a lot of any of the shows that are out there. Oh, my God, yes. Now, and you our, know what? Our because, standards are just kind of ridiculous, Yeah, right? we're, we're, our standards are way too high because of the obvious love that the, the actual actors have for the show. They actually pour themselves in. They don't phone it in. No, no, absolutely not. And, and you know, Jared made me cry the other night with his New Year's resolutions. And mm-hmm. the last one was, I'm going to spend these last three months giving 100% of myself to being Sam Winchester. And I know he means that. And mm-hmm. I'm so grateful that there, there is nobody on that show who's given up on it or is phoning it in. They're going to they're going to keep riding it at 100% right up till the end. And I, I'm so grateful for that. Yeah, because a lot of people would have, you know, checked out knowing it for was the sure. end. For sure. For sure. Or would have checked out sometime in the 15 years just for right. exhaustion. Yeah. Oh, I know. And they beat the crap out of these poor actors. I mean, because Jared and Jensen are like in every episode almost. Yeah. It's, but, you know, going back to the bitching about our show, we, we might bitch about our show, but it's still our show. And nobody else better bitch about it. Exactly. You know, that's just like somebody picks on my little brother. I pick on my little brother my whole life. But you let somebody else pick on my little brother. It's not going to go over so well. Yeah, there's (laughs) a difference between intra-fandom critique and and outside criticism. Although that's that's also a, a much more difficult thing this season because fandom is also split between look, this is the last we have of a show. No one should criticize it at all. Mm-hmm. And people who are still like, I'm going to say what I love about it, but I'm going to critique what I don't, which is what I do in my mm-hmm. episode reviews because That's I don't know do. another way to do an episode review. But there have been people who've really come at me this season saying, you know, why are you picking it apart? And I mean, my reviews are 80% I love, I love, I love, I love. But if something makes no sense or I'm annoyed about it or, you know, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to call it out. Yeah, we do I think the same. That, yeah. You know, you can't really. And we do, too, because when we're uh, we're chatting about it, we do a live watch on, on our Facebook group uh, for the people that are on the East and the Central that actually have it at the same time. And most of the time it's all good. But every once in a while at the end, we're like, what the freaking crap? Is crap, 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 crap. And we still love it. Of course. And I do, too. And there's still 80 percent is still stuff to love. But sometimes there's things that I I wish would be different. And, you know, I know that, you know, there have been some of the writers have read my reviews and we've talked about it. And I don't think there's anybody who's 
not expecting constructive critique. If somebody's just ranting about this is the worst show ever and it should fall in a lake, that's not the kind of critique I'm no, talking about. and they shouldn't be watching the show. Yeah, exactly. Well, I don't know why. The- I mean, some some people just like to watch things to tear them down, but that, right. that doesn't yes, give me sure any do. Yeah, I mean, there's I, a lot of there's a, there's a lot of the fandom that's still watching that you know would have given up on the show, and now they're just like, well, I'm invested, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so I gotta yeah. watch it to the end. And they yeah. and they bitch and they complain the whole time, but you know, you're coming back every week, so <laughs> I love yeah. how occasionally I mean, I Tara censors herself who and figure, well, I've made it this long, I'm gonna slog it out till the end, even if I'm not very happy with the way it's going, which I I can understand, but I, I mean, I'm I'm kind of grateful. You know, the last couple seasons haven't been my favorite seasons, but there's still so much for me to love. And it's still my favorite show. And I'm kind of grateful that I'm hanging on to that for the end. And us as fans, we don't know just how much behind the scenes stuff like there could be that the writers had a different plan. Yeah. Before the, the and, and then, you know, the the CEOs and the and the suits and everybody picked it apart and. I know the CW leaves them alone for the most part, but I'm sure there's they still get involved and still Oops, make a mess sorry. of things. I love how Tara keeps censoring herself, though. Occasionally she'll say bitch and complain, but she said, uh, "Freak, what the freaking crap? And I was like, shit! <laughs> she would have said what the fucking shit. <laughs> she totally would have said that if Lynn wasn't I'm here. A, I'm, I'm a grown-up, so you can, you can talk normally. <laughs> Because I'm telling you, Lynn, we she cusses way more than that normally. <laughs> you don't Sorry. Talk around me, I swear. <laughs> well, you um, know, my 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 mama, she raised me right. <laughs> well, my mom tried. You know, my mom no, tried. actually, uh, when we were talking about the stages of grief, uh, my mom did die of cancer. <laughs> so I was like, Jesus. Yeah. And then at the same time, the the show is ending on her birthday. I'm like, are you kidding me? Oh my God. Can I tell you something unbelievable? The show is ending on my dad's birthday who just <gasps> passed Shut away. Up. Oh, oh wow. Kidding. Oh my God. That just gave me goosebumps. Me too. Yeah. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry as well. I was so yeah. I was kidding. You're ending it on my dad's. I was super close to my dad. So his, and he was very supportive of like my writing and, the supernatural thing. So when he passed away, it was a it was a big loss that I'm still you know dealing mm. with somewhat. So when they put the the finale on his birthday, I was like, what kind of cosmic joke is this? Yeah, it'll be it'll be my mom's tenth anniversary. I'm like, oh for oh, oh. Christmas. <laughs> oh yeah. well, well, fuck you and me. Well, you yeah, know exactly. what? Though? You know what? <laughs> if, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this out there and and. Uh, Maybe it might be helpful, though, that it's on those yeah. days, because then you don't have to mourn another date during the year, you know? Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. That's I'm, not, I'm not a huge um, I'm not a huge like death date and stuff like that. I usually just no. celebrate the birthdays. I have some friends that they, they like just they focus on the death day so much. And I'm just like, oh, no. <laughs> Why yeah, would you no. do that? I don't no. understand that. But, you know, grief's different for everybody. It is. It is. Everybody grieves differently. And I and I also thought, well, maybe that's the universe's way of saying, all right, this is a day that's going to have meaning as a sad thing. But it also was a day that had meaning as a happy thing. So maybe it'll even itself out a little bit. Exactly. There you go. And yeah. If I'm allowed to, I'll be crying that day for so many reasons. <laughs> I'm, I'm with you. I'm well, with you. I am. I am mucho afraid of this, this ending. Let me tell you. 
I am going to be either calling in sick the day after the uh, finale or taking a vacation day. I have not made up my mind which. And my boss listens to the podcast. So, Todd, really, I'm sick that day. (laughs) Yeah, I'm quite sure you're going to be sick that day. I mean, look. Emotional, emotionally distraught like that can can really make you physically ill. So I think that's that's a good prediction. And see, when and I when, can't even imagine that podcast that night, we're going to be a oh, hot I know. mess. <laughs> well, and but, I mean, the whole fandom is going to be a hot mess that night. It, yeah. Well, see, yeah. my I, listeners know that I watch the show and I'm a huge fan because I have listeners that are also fans of the show that call in. Um, because I do a uh, well, I guess it's going to have to move till mo- to Mondays now, but. I have what we call the very special Thursday edition of the traffic jam because we do a traffic jam every day uh, from about 4.50 or so till 5.20. So it's like 30 minutes of nonstop music for the drive home. And on Thursdays, it was all music from the show. Oh, cool. And I would say, and, and I use, I have liners that are from the show. Like I've got the the clip from Baby where he's like, you know, hands off the wheel. And Sam's like, you're not even looking at the road. I've got that in the in there, you know, and, and uh, driver picks the music, shotgun shuts his cake hole. You know, I've got all of that kind of stuff, liners in the, the show that I use. And uh, I don't ever say that it's the special supernatural edition of the traffic jam. I just say it's the very special Thursday edition. And of course, it ends with carry on my wayward son. And so everybody that uh, listens to the station that are fans knows what it is. And they've yeah, called in. Uh, but. Uh, I only do it when there's a new episode. If there's not a new episode, if it's in Helatus or uh, whatever, uh, there's no Thursday edition. You know, that's mm-hmm. it's not the yeah. special so Thursday that, edition. That's another it's, loss for you. Yeah. Because, you know, and and for me, like I'm used to, you know, doing my rewatch and writing my episode review. It's going to be so weird not to be doing mm-hmm. episode reviews anymore. And see, we we I know one of my favorite episode uh, reviewers that was on Live Journal that just she lost interest. I was heartbroken because her her show recaps were the best things to read Gaelic, because she would find all these little nuggets in there, and I was like, I missed that. <laughs> it was it was Gaelic. Who what was, was it? Gaelic who spirit. Was that? It was Gaelic. Was yeah. Gaelic spirit. Oh yeah, yeah. Gaelic spirit. Oh, did you know her too? Yeah, yeah she was yeah. one of my favorite yeah. fanfic writers too, and she yeah. You know, she left. She's over on like, uh, I think she's watching MacGyver now. <laughs> Ready to go yeah, on but MacGyver. MacGyver. Yeah, but MacGyver's oh, not yeah, on anymore. I remember her. I mean, there were back in the back in the day, there were there was so much meta that was written about the show in within the fan community, especially when it was kind of confined to Live Journal before the Tumblr and AO3 and everything else sort of fractured the community. There was a time in the beginning when the community was all in one place. And there were some just fabulous, fabulous, insightful meta written by some of those people, almost all of whom have wandered off to a different fandom <laughs> at this point. But yeah, yeah, I know it sucks. The Gaelic was was one of the best. Mm-hmm. I agree. In my opinion. Yeah. No. I yeah. Totally and she wrote like it was nice because she wrote fan fiction that wasn't wasn't shipped most of the time. Yeah, she wrote a lot of Jen. So yeah, so I could just read like an adventure, and it was great because I'm a romance author and a romance reader, and I love it. And I don't, I never minded when um they, you know Dean hooked up with a witch or whatever, but I wasn't in I wasn't in the uh, the other camps. So you know. And see, one but. of my you know while we're talking about fanfic, one of my favorite fanfics, and it and I, it's gonna kill me now because I can't think of the name of it. I want to say it's just Road Trip, but uh, Michelle Jackals wrote it. 
Um, oh, Michelle. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think the, I think the uh, <laughs> handle that she uses is wackadoo. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And I don't know her. She well, <laughs> yeah. She's uh, she's mostly just Facebook. Yeah, she. We have a group called "It's Funnier in Enochian," and it's <laughs> and it's all fanfic writing stuff. And she's one of the admins there. But she wrote one, and it's called. I, I really feel like it's called Road Trip. I'd have to look it up, but I think that's the name of it. And it's it it could be a total episode of Supernatural because in the thing, the girl, the main character is a fan of the books, the Supernatural books. And a family member gives her an Impala that is not a gift. You know, it's not, she can't keep it, but it's for a road trip with her fellow fans of the book series. And with that Impala, they're going to make this road trip and go to all these places that are mentioned in the book. And, oh, I don't think I read that one. I'll have to go look for it. And turns because, out. Uh, I was with Michelle when we actually got to sit in one of the hero cars. And the, it turns out the Impala is actually baby. And Dean is trying to get it back. <laughs> And it's That's just, this, it's this, awesome. yeah, it's this, you know, because like they're, they're in the car and a phone starts ringing in the glove box and it's, you know, Dean saying, you better give me back my car. I'm going to kill you all. I'm, you know, and it's, just, it's this great, you gotta go find that one. Yeah, it is just this great story that, uh, it could totally be an episode, you know, because, uh, there's actually a case that happens while they're in the car, you know, and they end up having to help Sam and Dean solve the case because they've got all the stuff in the trunk. You know, it's just this, you know, <laughs> it's this great, great story. Yeah, because like, the fans, they're, they're, they're super, super creative, man. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And I love that there's like so many different kinds of fan. I tend to read more shippy fan fiction because that's what I don't get on the show. I'm happy with the canon of the show the way it is. So I don't I don't sort of I don't read any of the tie in books or anything because I just like to keep the canon a canon. But I love very transformative fan fiction that takes everything into a completely insane, you know, direction and is things that would never happen. I, I love fanish creativity. It's so inspiring. And see, there was a thing that I commented on. I want to say it was Rich and Rob and they were doing a thing with Kings of Khan and they were like, you know, send us your fan art and you're this and you're that. And I was like, mm -hmm. I, I, I commented and I said, I am not an artistic person. I can't draw. I can't do anything. But if you need a funny voiceover, oh, I'm your girl, you know, because <laughs> I can do funny voices. I can do, you know, <laughs> all kinds of and stuff. Everybody, everybody's got their, that's what I love about fandom. It's such a big community. It brings out the creativity in everyone of all mm -hmm. different kinds. I oh, mean, yeah. I've met people who do all kinds of things and it's all different versions of creativity from, you know, writing songs to making stickers to stitching pillows. To, I mean, it's, you know, to oh, writing yeah. to drawing. It's, it's amazing. It's amazing. And I have quite a few of those stickers for my planner. I'll just let you know. There's just there's so many great artists of all. Oh, they are. And yeah, I, I miss one of them. Um, was it Le Petit? I think he moved on to um, Captain America. But mm. when he did that whole diary with the boys, like from every episode, I mean, holy crap. Oh, you wow. mean Petite Madam? Yes. Yes. Oh, she, that's a she. And she's one of my favorite, favorite artists. Yes. Oh, my God. I know. I miss her so much. I mean, I still look yeah. at her, her cap stuff because whatever, she's still an amazing artist. And that's what I used to, that's what I went to school for. I was an art major. I'm not artistic, but I can appreciate good art. And holy crap, does she have good art? I love yeah, Lord Mesa's she's, little. She's amazing. Uh, Lord Mesa's little comic stuff that he draws out of an episode, you know. Yeah, that's, that's I, I love Mesa his stuff. Is hilarious. 
Yeah, but he does Arrow, and I mean, he does a lot of them, but he, he's a Supernatural fan, too. I bought some of his Supernatural prints when he had a bunch on, you know, he had a sale going on, and I bought, like, five of the prints. They're really nice. Yeah, I backed, a, I backed a, a zine for the Kickstarter that uh, uh, for Supernatural, and then I, part of it, I, I was having a day, and I, I totally spent more than I should have, but I'm going to get a print <laughs> <laughs> that they're going to do for me, and I'm like, oh... So I have to do something Dean and music related because, well, you know, that's my jam. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes you just have to indulge. As long <laughs> as it's not too much, it's healthy. Yeah. I had a couple of good months. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to spend a hundred bucks, hundred bucks on my stuff. I don't even care. And it'll make you happy. <laughs> it'll, it'll bring you happiness every time. You that's look. right. And it's going to be framed and it's going to be on my goddamn wall. <laughs> nice. See, I nice. was going to, I was going to ask Lynn if, if she indulges like that and, buy stuff that yeah um, you go to crazy cons do you have like insane stuff no i'm not i'm not a big collector that's like that's not my thing like everybody has different ways that i i'm really big on the experience so i i go to a lot of yeah but i i'm not a collector so i don't really have you know i have the original pop funko sam dean and cass and then (laughs) then the the car dean and and the car the bigger one and me too that's like the extent of my, I don't really have a lot of supernatural stuff. Oh, I have the Jag, bought the new jacket, you know, the jacket that Stan's did for the ending. Of oh, the I did too. I got that too. Yeah. But, but I don't, I don't, I'm not like the consumer part of it doesn't grab me. So I, I don't really have much stuff. See, I got the charms yeah. and the charm necklace from Stan's. No, um, I'm not, I don't, I don't I'm not buying really all the charms. And, uh, I'm not buying all the charms, just the ones that speak to me. But I do have some of the Pop Funko things. And somebody that got me in a Secret Santa thing a couple of years ago, uh, did they know me or what? Because one of the gifts they sent me was a collectible card, like about the size of a baseball card. But it was already in plastic and everything. And it's got a uh, single little swatch of fabric. And it's off of one of uh, Jensen's costumes as Dean. So it's one of, it's a scrap of, a costume, you know, one of Dean's outfits. Oh, cool. Oh, I And do, it's got I a picture of him say in that the people costume. People have been kind enough to give me some very cool things, including I had two friends who went to the wardrobe sale. So I was able to get oh, cool. a, a Dean shirt um, Ooh, and a Dean sweater. Oh, my God. Oh. So that, that I do, I mean, I've never worn them, but okay. I just like having them anyway. Okay, I'm oh just going to say this. I like him, you got to tell us. I'm just, <laughs> I am just going to say this, you lucky bitch. <laughs> and it's all due to two wonderful, wonderful friends, because I didn't go up to Vancouver and go, but I knew two people who did and generously allowed me to buy um, a thing from each of them. And that's I, awesome. I am incredibly grateful because that was special. That is that's well, awesome. Well, speaking of going to Vancouver, you've been to the set, haven't you? Four times, yeah, I think ah. so. Five times, yeah, quite a few times. Yeah. Have they ever so framed you've been you? Talking to Richard for a long time, then since he was in one of your earlier books, right? Yeah. Oh, I've known Richard since almost the very beginning. As a matter of fact, this is. I feel like our our destinies are weirdly entwined because he came to one convention and we were working for Supernatural Magazine, writing for them at the time. So we interviewed everyone for an article in Supernatural Magazine, including Richard. And then we were having so much fun talking to Richard that we finished the interview and went to dinner so that ah! we could continue talking because we just, he was fascinating. Like he's so smart 
He's such I'm, a great guy. I'm so guy. not surprised that he's been so successful as a director because he is such a smart man and he was so interested in what the fandom was all about and why the show was so popular. So we kind of hit it off. And then the next convention or the one after, I get, yeah, the next convention, somebody had to cancel. I don't remember who it was. And we were still kind of behind the scenes with creation working for Supernatural Magazine. And so they were kind of running around going, oh no, so-and-so canceled. What are we going to do? And I said, hey, Don't how about Richard. Richard's fate? <laughs> like Richard's fate was great at the last con. And they're like, I don't think we can reach him quickly. And I was like, well, I could just call him on my cell phone. I could just give you his number. You know, maybe he'd want to do it. And so he ended up coming to that one too. And then that was it. He just kept coming. So I feel like I had this tiny, tiny uh -huh. role in making uh, and you changed whole goddamn life <laughs> yeah i mean maybe maybe they would have figured it out anyway who knows but i just oh yeah, well, man well, that's I a little think, bit of karma i was fixing to say that's <laughs> no, that's a whole lot more than a tiny p part i mean that's <laughs> that's, that's a big I mean, part that's well, a big crazy thing <laughs> who knows it might have happened anyway but here's the other weird thing that happened with me and richard so that con that he came to after that conversation or maybe the one after that, Loudon Swain was playing at a convention for the very first time. And I said to Richard, oh my God, you have to come see this band. This band is like so great. And remember, Rich and Rot, like they didn't work together, so they didn't know each other. And so he was like, all right. So we, Kathy and Richard and I went to the Loudon Swain show at the convention and sat in the back so people wouldn't like talk to Richard. And he was like, oh my God, this band is like, so great. So I always tell Rich and Rob that I also take partial credit for like them starting to be so connected. I mean, that's not, that's really kind of bogus, but I did bring him to the concert. So, you know, that's something. It's just weird, right? Two things like that. That's just weird. That's so great. Matchmaker, matchmaker, make me a match. I want, I want <laughs> if I can take even a tiny bit of credit for the unbelievably dynamic duo that is Rich and Rob and made Kings of Con and make every convention so great, I will take my tiny, tiny, tiny bit of credit because those guys are awesome. Oh, they are. They I was are. so excited when I heard Richard had moved over into my other fandom, Miss Lucifer. Oh, yeah. Lucky you. He's he's a... Uh... He's a director over there, and I'm like, oh my god! Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, look at him and getting he's around. So, he's so good. I he really I mean, is. Episodes, I can. I are, can are amazing. You can tell. Yeah, visually, he's, I mean, stunning. Yeah, and his little, he's got isms in there all over the place. He does. Like, yep. Yes. Even yeah, if I, I was like, is this that? Oh, yep, that's a spate one. Yep, that's yep. a spate yep. episode. <laughs> you can totally tell. Yeah, yeah. I feel so lucky that, I mean really the credit for a lot of this goes to the incredible casting agent who I really need to send a fruit basket to because they just cast the most incredible group of people. Like not every actor is a great person. They're just yep. like normal people. There's a lot of assholes. Mm -hmm. This is just the greatest, most talented, most thoughtful, <clears throat> intelligent group of people. And I think we're so lucky mm -hmm. that they all got cast on this show. It's mm -hmm. amazing. I know everybody thinks that there's some supernatural Kool-Aid when people are Maybe. like, no, we really love to go on that set. Everybody wants to come back. Nobody ever wants to leave. <laughs> it's, it's so it's so true. I mean, when you are on that set, it, it really, you know, you hear the, the truism like, oh, it's like a well-oiled machine, you know, but that is, that's exactly what it's like. And like people get along and everybody respects each other. And there isn't like this obvious hierarchy, 
my son did acting for a while when he was younger. So I've been on other television and film sets and it's, it's not always like that. It's really not. It is really a unique, a unique thing. And they really caught lightning in a bottle. They really did. They did. They did. They really did. And a lot of that's casting, you mm-hmm. know? Oh, yeah. The chemistry. The chemistry between mm-hmm. Jensen and Jared ha- that just spread out through the whole the whole production, you know? Um, I think it, it it encompassed everybody, you know? Yeah, I know. Like in the Brie and... Kim. Yep. Yep. Kim and yeah, Kim, Kim and Brie. They're just... Yep. I mean, that, that, that little thing went crazy. I mean, we, we barely have episodes with Brie. <laughs> She's got like, yeah, like four. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And yet, you know, and again, you know, you have to also really, the, the lightning in a bottle thing is the casting, the chemistry, the type of people they are. And then it's the conventions. You have to give credit to the conventions too, oh, because yeah. they, they solidified the fandom and let the whole fandom get to know the cast, not just the people who are at the convention, but the people who are watching, you know, the videos, mm-hmm, right. consuming content that the cast made themselves accessible and people got to know them. And that created such a more reciprocal relationship. I don't think any, I mean, there's never been a cast that does on average, like two conventions a month and sees their fans face to face and it made the relationship. And doesn't make people feel like it's a job. Like they look like they're actually having fun. Right. I mean, it is a job because it's a well-paying job, but they're also having a lot of fun. Right. Well, yeah, but I mean, I've seen like the Vampire Diaries when they did their conventions, they didn't even look like they wanted to be on that stage together half the time. No, you're totally right. They, they genuinely enjoy it and they genuinely respect fans as people because you know what we know about stereotypes is stereotypes can't hold up when there's face-to-face interaction and the supernatural cast has had so much face-to-face interaction that there's no way if they even came in with negative stereotypes about fans that those were going to hold up and that's never happened because there's never been a cast that saw their fans so much as this cast has so it's really unique i was glad to see that they said they weren't going to stop the conventions anytime soon right yeah yeah, yeah, they've are they're already scheduled through the end of 2020. So, and see, JaxCon was my first convention. I've never been, uh-huh. and, uh-huh. and and yeah, and Tara's never been to one. I tried to get her to go to JaxCon, but she was under a deadline on a book and just couldn't. <laughs> That's my life. I'm deadline. <laughs> I, I, I I'm I'm with you. I'm facing you right now myself. <laughs> but um, I know I'm so excited. <laughs> I I went. You know, my it, it's it's funny because it was given to me as a gift. It was a birthday and Christmas combined present. Um, and so I I said I'm not going to spend a lot of money. I'm not going to spend a lot of money. I, I I ended up doing that anyway. Um, but <laughs> but I was like I'm you know I'm not gonna I'm not gonna. And then when I said yeah okay I'm gonna, uh, the photo ops I wanted were already sold out. So I, I you know the the putting it off and saying no 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 I'm not gonna I'm not gonna cost me. A photo op with Jensen and a photo op with Jared and, you know, (laughs) um, but uh, having the autographs and and having that interaction at the very end of the con, that was probably the highlight for me was, you know, because what I did was I took a teddy bear that I made and um, I had all of them uh, sign it. And so there's there's so many little funny stories that I have because of the interactions I had with them while they were signing the bear. Case in point, Matt Cohen, um, because Matt Cohen turned the bear upside down and signed its ass. And the the C of, you know, because he just signs it Matt C. 
And when he made the C, he put a little dot in the middle. So it looks like an asshole on my bear. <laughs> That's awesome. And the girl, that, right? the, 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 <laughs> the handler that was sitting there next to him when he started doing it, she leaned over and said, are you doing what I think you're doing? And he said, uh, I'm only doing it before somebody else does. <laughs> and so, so all of the people that I met at the convention, and I mean, I was calling Tara like every day when I got back to the hotel room or whatever, I was calling Tara and going, guess what happened today? Um, and I did a podcast from the convention and um, we talked about it and we were all betting that he was talking about Jared or Misha doing that. Yeah, and, I wouldn't be surprised you know, at all. <laughs> we were all thinking. And so every time, you know, when I went to get Jared's autograph, I watched to see if he turned it upside down. He didn't. He just signed his name on it and went on. What, Misha did the same thing. And then when I got to Jensen, Jensen went to turn the bear over and the handler <laughs> said, Matt Cohen's already done it. <laughs> <laughs> and and Jensen was like, oh, you know, <laughs> So then he just very calmly signed Jensen Ackles across the face of the teddy bear, you know. <clears throat> and I had told him, you know, because I had fabric pins to sign him instead of the Sharpies that they had. So I had all the different colors and everything. And I was letting everybody just pick whatever color they wanted. And he picked the dark blue. And I pointed out to him that one end was a fine point like a pen and one end was like a magic marker. So, you know, and I said, everybody else has just been signing with the fine point like a pen. He calmly took the cap off the magic marker end and wrote Jensen Ackles in big, bold print. So his signature on the bear is you know bigger than anybody else's. And he would have signed it. But if uh, Matt Cohen hadn't already done it. And I just thought that was, you know, it's just things like that, that I'm, I wouldn't have got. They, they don't have the time to interact with you like that at a photo op. You know, no, no. And, you it's, know. and it's those little like human to human interactions right. that make the relationship more reciprocal than it usually is. And I because uh, Tara and I had reviewed the album, uh, the radio company album on the podcast, and I talked about it with Jensen. I said, we reviewed it on the podcast. And uh, I well, I started off the conversation. I said, I am an on air personality at a classic rock radio station. I said, so in that capacity, let me tell you, I loved the album. Even my boss, who is a music snob, loved the album. And, yeah, no, it's great. And my boss, because I said, the music reminds me, and, and Tara and I both agreed on this, it reminds me of Stevie Ray Vaughan-ish kind of bluesy rock, you know, mm -hmm. and Kenny Wayne Shepherd. And I, yeah. I had said, I played it, one of the songs for my boss. And I said, I didn't tell him it was Jensen. I just played the song. And I said, who does this remind you of? Whose voice is, because it sounded like somebody to me. And I couldn't place it. It reminded me of somebody. And he said, it kind of reminds me of Kenny Wayne Shepherd and Blue on Black. And I was oh, like, yes, yes, okay, that's where, do what? <laughs> One of my favorite songs ever. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I was like, yes, that's it. Exactly. That's where I was trying, you know. And so I told Jensen, I said, you know, Tara, my, my podcast co-host and I, we compared it to Stevie Ray Vaughan and Kenny Wayne Shepherd. And he just the pure joy on his face. And he said, thank you. That just meant so much because I was like, I'm not just telling you that to get you to say thank you. I really meant that, you know. I meant that shit. I wasn't just saying it to be complimentary. 
you know, I don't. And that, and that probably meant a lot to him because he does care and he doesn't feel as secure about, you know, his singing like he does about his acting for right. sure. So, Hello. and you know Why? what you're talking about. His voice about. is delicious. But, well, you know. I, I agree. But, but see, but I don't, I don't. Credibility. See, I'm not like that about music, though. Music is serious shit to me, you know? Yeah. So, but that's why it means a lot coming from you, yeah, I'm sure. You know, so I wouldn't have just said that to be blowing smoke up his ass. You know, I meant that shit. And the fact that he appreciated it and was like, thank you, that meant so much to me. That he didn't just take it as a fan blowing smoke up his ass. He really legitimately realized that's what I was doing. I was, It was a compliment and not just to get a smile and a thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I wanted him to know because, like you said, he's so he is insecure about his music versus his acting. You know, so I wanted him to know it was good. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And I mean, it. I've got it on my phone, um, in my iTunes. I bought the album, and then I bought the vinyl, and you know, I mean, I wouldn't do that for just any album. You know, except yeah, maybe cool. a Bon Jovi album. I didn't Joey buy the vinyl because I don't have any way to play it, but I did buy the album. Somebody gave me a way to play it for Christmas, so I went ahead and bought the vinyl because uh, oh, cool. because I'm kind of a uh, snob like that too. Um, well, that that makes sense considering what you do for a living. <laughs> yeah, and a, a friend of my a, a cousin actually uh, caught a uh, record player on the Black Friday sale at Walmart for thirty bucks, and it's one that you can Bluetooth speaker your phone to and all that, you know, and play off music off your phone through it or whatever. Cool. And I was like, okay, well, since I got that, I'm going to buy the vinyl. <laughs> yeah. I have it, too. I yep. love it so much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's what I write about, actually. Lynn, I'm a, I'm a romance author, but minor, but about bands. Yeah. Oh, right. She right. writes the rock star romance mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. I write I, baby romance, too, because that pays the bills. But rock star <laughs> romance is the, uh, is the, the true love. <laughs> I was before before I was Spanish about Supernatural. Most of well, a lot of what I was Spanish about was bands. So that yeah, that that totally made. I probably <laughs> like your writing. I remember reading fan fiction back in the day for bands that were obscure, like Placebo, which was my favorite band for a long time. Oh wow! Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> that's I cool. can relate. That's so cool. We'll we'll have to give you links to our Bon Jovi fan fiction. Because I yes, wrote totally. too. Yeah. I wrote some Bon Jovi fan fiction. And you need to let me clone myself so I actually have time to write fan fiction. Yeah, <laughs> mine's really long. <laughs> well, that's fine. I'll just keep it for when this next project wraps up and I actually can do something <laughs> just like when I can breathe again. See, that's exactly. like your books. Exactly. That's like your books. For me to have time to read them, I had to get the audiobook version because I have an hour drive to and from work every day. So the only oh, well, the cool. only time I get to read, you know, is uh, with an audiobook. Otherwise I'm reading for work because I'm reading an audiobook that I'm narrating. You know, that's the only that's the only time that I have time to read anymore. So uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I hear you. I hear you. And I don't like audiobooks, so I don't even have that option. So I just literally need to wait till I'm not too busy writing books to go back to reading some again. It's a totally different experience. I, I'm very picky about the audiobooks I listen to. I don't like it. I like to listen to music when I'm driving. And the narrators that she uses, uh, Kai Kennicott and uh, Wynn Ross, are very good. They're very, very good. Yeah, that I know, they sent me. Difference. They sent I, me I an email. It. They're like, "Oh, we wanted to, we wanted to uh, work with some other, um, you know, audio peeps." And I'm like, oh, "I can't give up the duet. I'm sorry." Because <laughs> <laughs> they do it like a radio show. Like if there's yeah. a guy voice, it's when, no matter what, even if it's in the other point of view, which is that's part of the problem I have with some 
audiobooks unless they're a really good narrator like like Terry's really good and like uh, I listened to one that uh, Nora Roberts uses for her her alternate pen name and um it's just sometimes when you see somebody doing like the deeper voice or a guy trying to do a falsetto for a chick it's just like eh. <laughs> no no yeah I never realized how hard it how you know influential I had to pick I got to interview the the people who did the audio book for Family Don't End with Blood and I had a hard time. I, I maybe expecting this, but I made them go through like four or five people auditioning before I found some that I thought were right for it. Because I don't know, when you have somebody who's gonna be reading Jensen Ackles' words or Jared Padalecki or Misha Collins' words or right. Rhodes, whatever, like you don't want them to sound completely wrong. These are like real people whose words they're voicing. So I don't know. It, that was tough. That was really tough. And see, I thought the same thing whenever I was like, oh, Family Don't End With Blood is on audiobook. And I was like, oh, but how's this going to sound since it's not Jared <laughs> and yeah, Jackson doing? I, I wish I wish we could have gotten all of the actors to voice right. their own Jackson, but <laughs> alas, that was not possible. <laughs> no, can you imagine trying to like juggle their agents on top of all the other stuff that you uh, had to juggle? Yeah, well, and I wasn't disappointed. No way, no way. I wasn't disappointed. I mean, I thought they did a good job. So. I, no, I did. I did too. But it, I was very picky, and I think my publisher thought I was half crazy person <laughs> because I kept being like, "No, I don't like them." Well, why not? I don't know. I just that that's just not that person can't read Jensen Ackles' chapter. I'm sorry, I, they just can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> but I was I was okay with who we who I finally picked. So I'm glad you were too. Oh yeah, I I was not disappointed at all. Uh, I because at first I I like I said I had the trepidations, and then I was like, well, let's see. You know, I I as a narrator, I can sympathize. They were having to do some hard you know stuff here. They they're having to try and do this and read their words. So I'll yeah. give them a chance. And then I was I was surprised, and and you know. It was a happy surprise. I was glad that they, because it turned out really well. So, thank you. I'm glad. But uh, and like so, I said, I listen to a lot of audiobooks because that's the only time I get to read. <laughs> that's yeah, for enjoyment. I hear you. And uh, so, job. Lynn, what's your number? How many cons have you been to? If you have you lost count? Oh, uh, yeah, I have no idea because once the once I started writing books, I started going to conventions as a vendor. So now I, I try to go to as many as I can. I go to most of them as a vendor, as do most of the vendors. There's sort of a whole community also of people who do the Supernatural Cons as vendors. And that's another community and another really supportive family. So it's, they're some of my favorite people. And, you know, we all see each other at every convention and we've kind of traveled all around the country together. And it's, it's a very it's another cool family. It's another family. Yeah. Very creative, very artistic family. So I've, I've really enjoyed that. I love bringing the books to the conventions because then it's not just about sort of selling the books. It's also gives me an opportunity to meet so many people who come up to the table just to say, I wanted to thank you for family don't end with blood or for a fangasm or whatever, because I read it at a time when I really needed it. And it got me through a rough time or it validated me or, you know, whatever it is. I, I live for hearing those kind of things because that really is a large part of why we wrote all the books. And there's a lot of great yeah. merch uh, at the cons too. I mean, like you said, oh, yeah. a lot of creative uh, artistic people. Um, oh God. Yes. And I want to thank you for uh, family don't end with blood too, because, you know, I, 
when I started watching the show, my excuse was for uh, because my daughter. Uh, but as I started watching it, because I fight anxiety and depression, depression more than anxiety, because with anxiety, I just say, you know, suck it up and force myself to do stuff. Uh, but with depression, I have my days where I call them my bad mental health days where I just want to stay in bed or I just, you know, and I have turned to supernatural on those days because for me, it's a, it's a whole analogy. The boys are fighting their, you know, demons and Mm -hmm. I'm having to fight my own demons. And so I, you know, and I look at it as if Sam and Dean can do it, I can do it, you know, and yeah, there's episodes that I will watch if I need cheering up, I can, <laughs> my favorite one to put in, believe it or not, and on a day when I'm at work, if I'm feeling down, I can just go and watch the YouTube video of this particular scene because the scene in um, where Dean fights the fairy and puts her, and, you know, when he, <laughs> p- pizza rolls Tinkerbell, that is my, that my go That episode was just randomly on the other day. <laughs> yeah, and when, but but I can go and watch that scene and it's, it's it will cheer me up inevitably because there's the whole you know what you can't see the ick it's right there you know and uh sam saying i'm not supposed to laugh right i mean all of that is the you know if i need some cheering up i mean he fought that little lady with naked lady with nipples and you know and he docks her into the microwave and ding you know and so whenever it, it whenever i've got some kind of something if I can't deal with it right then and I say, okay, I've got to deal with this later because I've got this other thing to do, I shove it in the microwave, slam the door and ding, and then I will open the microwave later and deal, you know, but at that moment, if I can't deal right then, I think, you know, pizza roll Tinkerbell. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and that's, that's really how the idea for Family Donut with Blood came about because I talked to so many people after we wrote Fangasm and the other books, so many people wanted to talk to me because they read that book and they wanted to share their story. And I started hearing from all these fans who, you know, had some kind of mental health challenge, as most of us do at some point in our lives, and mm-hmm. how the show and the inspiration of the characters and, and the support of the fandom, whatever it is, had helped them through those hard times. So I, I wanted to put together a book of all those fan stories, and, and that's what it was going to be. And then one day, Jared just randomly out of the blue said, hey, are you working on another book? And I said, oh, yeah. And I told him about what it was going to be. And he said, well, you know, I've got a story like that, too, about how the show and the fandom have helped me through really serious hard times. And I was like, are you saying you want to write a chapter? (laughs) And he was like. Yeah, I think that's as she has a little small fangasm of her own. (laughs) No, it was was large. It was not small. I was like, let me take my breath. Hold on, hold on. I need a cigarette. I gotta put my head between my my knees for a number of reasons. Excuse me for just a moment here, Mr. Padalecki. And then, and then, on an unrelated note. Uh, can I get a light? Yeah. <laughs> I feel much better now. I'm going to run that endorphin rush for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> and then I figured if Jared wanted to write one, maybe I would ask some of the other actors. Right. Today. And every single person I asked was like, yes, I have something to say. Yes, I have something to say. So that's, awesome. that's how it ended up being a book written by both fans and actors. And both of them 
saying the same thing about how the show and the fandom helped them through hard times. So it, it came out powerful because people really did want to tell their own personal stories. Yeah, uh, and it's, it's really been nice that Jared has given such a, a great voice to um, the anxious and the depressed Oh yeah, fandom He's, because I mean, it's, you, it's, it's shameful for a lot of people. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. I mean, I'm a psychologist. I, I have to deal with the stigma and the shame that my clients have to have to deal with every day. So I knew how important it was. And for somebody like him who is so looked up to and seems like on top of the world all the time has it all for him to talk so candidly about his own most desperate moments. It, it was just so validating to people. And he I mean, he saved people's lives. I've heard from hundreds of people who his his being willing to talk at talk about his struggles or write them down in his chapter or whatever literally saved their lives. So that's amazing. Wow. Yeah, and then all the charity stuff that these guys do is just astounding. It is. It is. They've they've made. I mean, they've they've changed the world. They I have so them. many sweatshirts. <laughs> yeah, I have so, so many sweatshirts. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we all do. I have t-shirts forever now. I'm never going to need to buy another t-shirt as long as I live. Uh, no, definitely. But I, I still keep buying them. But, you know, I, 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 I like giving back a little bit as, like, as, as long as I can, you know? No, I do too. I mean, that's why the other thing that was important to us is that Family Donut and Blood has 20% of proceeds donated to Random Acts and Attitudes in Reverse. And the new book project will have the same charitable component because that was also yeah, important awesome. to all of us to, to make a difference in that way too. I know. Misha has, he just, <laughs> he's got like that Olympic torch at this point when it comes I mean, <laughs> to all the charity committing. stuff he does. I'm just I mean, other guys do too, but yeah. Yeah, no, they all do. But I, I mean, I'm just ready to elect Misha or something. Like somebody, please, yeah. just let, let Misha right? Collins run the world. Please, please. Well, you know I he mean, would do a hell of a lot better job than what's going on right now. Oh, so. my God. He would, he would be amazing. I've been telling him for years. Even that before he started run. to get political, I've been saying to him, look, I know this is what you care about. You've got to you've got to do this. I'm, I'm behind you. I'm behind you a million percent. So many people are behind you. Right. I mean, it'll be really interesting to see what he does do when After. the show. It'll be interesting to see what they all do. But I, Misha, man, he he inspires me. I, I am very inspired by him. Yeah, he's pretty amazing. He uh, speaking of that, well, not speaking of Misha, but since you wrote the first book with the psychology component, is there a huge difference between what you originally looked at and living in a fandom for 15 years? How is it? Is it hugely different now? It is different now, and it's different mostly in a good way now. When we wrote Fandom at the Crossroads and Fangasm, what we were really writing about a lot was fan shame, you know, the stigma about being a fan and how you couldn't feel good about it and you had to hide it and you couldn't talk about it. And fan fiction was something that nobody had heard of and nobody could speak of. It was it was a lot of, you know, keep it in the dark. Dirty little secrets. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And while there was a part of that, that I miss because it kept the community very cloistered and very safe. And I think that was a really nice thing, especially for women who had never felt like they could really be themselves. I kind of miss that in the, in the new visibility, but the, the upside of it is, you know, fandom is not as shameful as it was, you know, people are now like, Hey, I'm a geek. I'm proud of it. You know, people who are making the million dollar billion dollar movies are proudly out there saying, I'm a geek. I'm a geek. So it, that, yeah, the Zachary and Levi stuff was amazing for us at first. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think, you know, that's 
that's been a transition that is largely good. I think it also has its downsides, but it's been largely good. So, well, the the geekdom flag is is such a big thing to wave now. You know, so yeah, yes, fully today. It, it yeah. Fifteen years ago, you would hide that in your basement. Now mm-hmm, you put exactly. it on the front of your house. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yep. right next to your gay pride flag. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. just, just make it in rainbow colors and then make it one flag and fly it proudly. Hell, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, and it's it's pretty amazing what what the fandom, even just in the little encapsulated supernatural one, has has done to like for all so many sides. Yes, that's a large part of the new book project, all about sort of the evolution of the show, the fandom the culture and sort of the increasing diversity and, and representation and all that, because that that's been a big evolution over 15 years. And I, it's pretty interesting to see all the different perspectives on that and how that has changed in, in, in a good way. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. And the, the representation on the show, like with Charlie's character and, you know, uh, for, uh, the LGBT community, there, you know, th- that they didn't start out with that kind of representation, and it kind of oh, evolved, no. you know. Yeah, no, it's it's changed tremendously, you know, for for queer people and for women and for you know uh, people who are differently abled. I mean, they they across the board, they the show has evolved, which I'm proud of it for because it's it's hard for television shows to evolve. I mean, it's hard for the whole culture. It's certainly a certainly a struggle we're all engaged in, but I like seeing that evolution reflected on the show. Well, we could talk all day, no joke. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, we'd love to have you back, Lynn, if you ever decided that you wanted to talk to us, especially after the book comes out. You know, after yeah. everybody is in our mourning period. I would, I would, yeah. Let's let's do another podcast in May when all this is going to be happening. Yes, please. So. <laughs> Is the book actually going to come out right at the end or is it going to come after or you're not sure yet? Right, right around the end. That's our goal. So we'll see if we can pull it off. Oh, awesome. Man. Awesome. Well, we'll all need it. I'm sure. Well, well, we're going to be that, crying. That's, that's why we're busting our asses trying to get it because I, the whole point is to give people something to hang on to and a way to remember the show and, and just feel so good about it. And I, I think people will be kind of astounded again, maybe, by how how vulnerable people are in it, the people who are writing. It's yeah, it's pretty amazing. This is the most amazing cast ever. Oh, I, I say intend that to wear black for the rest for, of my life. I intend to wear black for at least a couple of weeks. Oh yeah. <laughs> for sure. For sure. I'm gonna get me a black armband so even once I quit wearing black, I can wear a black armband for a while. <laughs> I, you know. I like it. I like it. Maybe maybe we'll give black armbands away with the new book. You know what? That's what Stans needs to do. A black armband with the anti-possession uh-huh. symbol with on the, it for everybody yeah. to wear afterwards. That we can just keep wearing forever, yeah. Do you I have like Stans' it. ear? Tell, tell shirts that that's what we need. <laughs> Michelle! Yeah, hey, shirts, this is what we need. We definitely need a, a little, like, dainty bracelet that has the, uh, well, you know, the anti-possession symbol. Yeah. That's because I wear a little star on my on my hand all the time, and it, I would like if there was something that was dainty, like I would know it was something supernatural, but not everybody else would know. Sometimes, right? right. Something kind of subtle, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. I'm sure I'm not ashamed in any way, but you know, just so that you could wear it every day, and that people are yeah. like, "What are you? What are you wearing?" 
Mike, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of new uh, new tattoos out there too. Come the oh, spring. Oh, I'm, I can yes, I'm getting one. That. I'm totally and, 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 get and one. Supernatural just dropped the teaser on Twitter for uh, the new episode coming. Don't spoil uh, me. I don't like spoilers. I haven't watched it. Uh, oh, I haven't watched it yet, but I just saw Sam's face. And I was like, oh, Jesus, here we go. Oh, uh, one question. What do you think about this Sam and Eileen thing? I adore Shoshana Stern to the moon and back. So I am ecstatic to have Eileen back. I am I'm, too. I'm, I'm ambivalent about the maybe romantic relationship. That's not really what I look I for in Supernatural. Yeah, and I also... Yeah, it sucks because... I really love Eileen, but boy, they don't really have a lot of chemistry. <laughs> I, I mean, that may be intentional. I don't think we really know what's going on yet. So I'm kind of reserving judgment, but I'm also nervous about that because I really desperately don't want Eileen to be killed again. And I'm afraid I know. Mm-hmm. Kind of a romantic thing going on that she's going to be killed again. And I don't want her to be killed again. Because, you so, know, but, anybody that sleeps with Sam. Yeah. And, and, yeah. And well, and. If you're going to start a romance, like, I don't know, what what's the alternative? They're probably not going to start that and take it till the, I don't know. It just makes me nervous. I don't want to see, yes. to see Eileen killed off again. So I'm going to be nervous until we really find out what's going on. I will but say, I love, though, that I'm I glad they fixed that. So I'm glad they fixed that and brought her back because I really was mad about how they killed her off because, for me, that was for no other reason than you know, man pain kind of deal. Um, and I I was really ticked off for them the way they did that. So I'm glad they fixed yes. it and brought her back. Yeah, part of part of that evolution that we're talking about. Right. I do think they, they realize, you know, that they did make blunders along the way. Charlie would a big one, yeah. Eileen, big one. And I don't I don't like the way they tried to fix the Charlie thing because I didn't want an AU Charlie. That's right. Like the same. I, or an AU Bobby. What the or fuck? an AU Bobby. Yeah, yeah, that didn't none of that worked for me at all. Well, we call um, him Nobby. No. We call him Nobby, not AU Bobby. We call him Nobby because he's not Bobby. No. So he's Nobby. I mean, it has zero resonance. He's not somebody who grew up with Sam and Dean. He doesn't know them from Adam. Why would I care about him? And why would he care about them? That's that's not not bring back i mean i'm sure somebody thought that was a brilliant idea like let's bring back the characters that they missed because well, they love jim beaver so much and, right. and he's yeah. such a good actor i love but it kind of it takes away what they did to kill him you know that, mm-hmm. that was... totally agreed i i hate the mm-hmm. whole idea of those but because but one of the best bobby lines one of the best bobby lines one of the best bobby scenes to me is when he says as a matter of fact I, ha- you know, adopted two boys and they turned out great. They turned out exactly. heroes. That is one that, of the best Bobby lines, period, hands down, in my opinion. And, and that's the Bobby that I love. Right, and this, me too. And new Bobby is not that Bobby. He no, didn't he's Nobby. do that. He's Nobby. Yeah, he's, I like that. I'm going to adopt that. I'm just going to be in my next review if I have to talk about him. I'm going to call him Nobby. <laughs> he's Nobby. <laughs> he's not Bobby. He's Nobby. And, 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 uh, uh, what are you thinking about Rowena, Queen, Queen Queen? I I also happen to unabashedly adore Ruth Connell and adore the character of Rowena. So we do I too. was ecsta- and I thought she was coming back. I didn't I didn't know it, but I thought it and I was over the moon about her return to being the the queen of hell. We oh, called it. We she called was it. So like, badass. She looked like uh, a, a a Celtic warrior. Yes, I, she. They did that close up of her when she returned, and I literally gasped. I was just like, "Oh, yes, oh, we did too." Fuck. 
She's gorgeous. And we yeah, we amazing. called it though. She's when just they a little bit her. different than just uh, you know earthly Rowena. Yes, I love it. I love it. That's one of my favorite twists of this. Yes, season. we loved her so much, and the fact that they they did that, it was like you know because it just it's fitting, you know, because she always wanted to be the queen. You know, yep. she wanted the throne, and then she just took it. That's <laughs> I, loved, I loved it, and I really loved the subtle little inclusion of her expressing regret about Fergus because I yes. love the relationship between Rowena and Crowley slash Fergus. And I was so disappointed that they never really explored it mm -hmm. after that one. You know, if I didn't hate you, I'd love you. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite yeah. scenes in the whole show. So I just love that little acknowledgement from Rowena that she regrets it and that she did want that relationship. That was healing to me to hear that. So I love that. And while I didn't like that they killed her, it makes sense for her, her end story. But oh, that yeah. whole scene with her and Jared, oh, oh, God, so well done. Yes. So well done. For and both the of, them. of them. Yeah. They, they knocked it out of the park. Yeah, for oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah was... And then, and then, the, and Sam is still feeling it in the show right now. I mean, I mean, oh, now yeah. that he knows where yeah. oh, yeah. okay down there, I'm sure he'll probably be a little bit better about it. But yeah, but it, but they know, did. It they really did. ripped him up. It did. And, and I like, so I like that. Going. And I like that they had started making it more than one episode. Like they weren't just automatically okay the next episode. Me too. You know, I love what they that have used to drive me crazy. Me too. Me too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Nobody's gonna get over shit that fast or still no. get over their bruises. I mean, they had magical bruises. They would just be gone by the next episode or by the end of the episode. You're like, Hello. I, didn't, I didn't even <laughs> mind that as much as the lack of emotional. Yeah. As a psychologist, like the lack of emotional continuity drives me up a wall. See, I didn't so, mind yeah. the lack of the bruises so much because I no. I always felt like that was to indicate a passage of time. You know, it's true. Yeah, but the emotional Sometimes. thing, yeah, but the emotional <laughs> thing, I was like, oh, no, you know, he would not be over that that fast, uh, no. you know. I give Jared and Jensen and Misha, too, a lot of credit for sometimes even when it's not in the script, they really try hard to show that emotional continuity. And I think we get more of it than we would have otherwise by mm -hmm. their oh, yeah. really understanding that about their characters and making sure they play it, so. They know their characters so backwards, forwards. Yeah. And I they mean, care. They care. So they, they yeah. try for that continuity. So I really appreciate that about them. And, and uh, the lovely stories about, you know, Jensen saying you know, his wife tells him every once in a while to turn off his Dean. Yeah. <laughs> or do it like Dean. There's that or one. Do like yeah. Dean. Do it like <laughs> Dean. I feel like I'd be saying the latter a lot more. Yeah. Than yeah do yeah, do it much. like Dean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, you know, I I I would be the same way because I'd be like, "Come on, baby, be Dean tonight." You know, <laughs> I feel like I would be doing that a lot. Yeah. I I would. And totally I gotta tell you, Danielle's uh, Instagram is a gift. Oh, it is. Yeah, I love it her is. so much. She is just um, uh, the awesome. stuff she gives us, like uh, you know, just little sly things. Her and Jen both. Every once in a yes. while, she can get Jared Jen. to do something too. <laughs> Yeah. Just, Did yeah. you see the one the other day where Jen posted and was like, look who slid into my DMs? Yes. <laughs> I oh, was I like, oh, that. you go, girl. Yeah, they're you on didn't a see that? trip with the kids. Yeah, I did. I did see a few pictures. Yeah, on Instagram. Yeah, yeah she posted one yeah. of her and Jared and Jared said, "Look, definitely who... stays out of hers for the most part." But every once in a while, we get a nice little. Hey. The, yeah, there was a picture of her and him, and she said, "Sled." Because they're on, you know, they're skiing. They're on. They were a skiing doing a trip. dog sledding thing. Yeah, and and yeah, 
And so she said, look who slid into my DM. <laughs> oh, I get it. I get it. LOL. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah and that Jen, was so and great. Jen has created her entire, a uh, whole other persona on her own, which is amazing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, she and is Daniil's so got her jewelry line. I mean, they're, they're, and the brewery, of course, they're yes. all, it's nice to see they're all thriving. Yes. So much. And, and Misha and Vicky with the cookbook. You know, yeah. I just love the whole family thing. I mean, getting to see the pictures of all of them happy. I think that has a lot to do. All of the actors happy with their families and stuff. That has a, a lot to do with uh, the healing thing for me, I guess, too, because Dean and Sam and, and Castiel are not happy on the show. You know, they don't yeah. get to have happy ever after on the show. So that they have so knowing that they have these happy lives outside of the supernatural world, it, it kind of helps me. I don't know why, but it does. Hmm. Hmm. I don't, I don't think I, I see them so separate that I don't think, I, I mean, and weirdly, I don't see Sam and Dean and Cass as being unhappy. I mean, their lives are unbelievably difficult, but I feel like they're doing what they've chosen and it's very meaningful to them. So I see a lot of satisfaction in them and what they're doing. So it doesn't, it doesn't code as unhappy to me. Yeah, well, especially this year, I think they way, really touched on that, especially for Sam. Yeah. And now Dean, that this is what he's supposed to do. I mean, I really love the Christian Kane episode simply because I love Christian Kane. Mm. <laughs> and then I love that they have, they're such an old friends in real life. And yeah, I think they brought cool. a lot of that magic to the actual episode. But And I know that we needed that episode for Dean to get back to his roots, so to speak, that, you know, that he's doing what he's supposed to do and that he wants to do. Yeah. You know, this is his calling kind of thing. Yeah. I just yeah. I just wish they'd stop wasting episodes. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's where we started this conversation yes. with the fact that the stakes are very high and so it's yes. yeah. anything, that, anything that feels like a filler and anytime Sam, Dean and Cass are not on the screen, I'm like, get to it, get to it, right. get to it. Yeah. Exactly. The myth arc is you don't just, you know why? So because fuzzy. Well, you know? well, yeah. the reason is because we we have more of the feeling that we're on a stopwatch now. I mean, we are. So much. We only have 12 sure. episodes left. For fuck's sake, we're like, <gasps> yeah. Oh, no! yeah, yeah, we're gonna be under did under did. Why did you have to do that to me? Oh God, Tara, why did you have to do that to me? I have told you over and over again. Don't remind me how many are left. <laughs> I do that. No, I'm so sorry. She does that to me all the time. She'll go. We only have we only have 14 episodes. Don't tell me that. <laughs> that's how my brain catalogs it every single time i do a review i'm like okay x number left i can't help it uh, i don't <laughs> want anybody to remind me I, I you know i'm i'm in that whole ignorance is bliss thing right now oh well that's good you stay in there as long as you can <laughs> i mean don't get me wrong i still feel the stopwatch you know running out kind of thing you know the the Sand in the hourglass is slowly dwindling away. I feel that. Just don't tell me how many grains are left. Dude, you know, we've had eight episodes and we haven't even seen Billy. I'm like, what the fuck? Right. Hey, yeah. We want to know what Jack the fuck is up with Jack. Jack. Jack hasn't been back either. I know. I know. It's and what's the what's going on with the empty? I mean, there's so much to go, and I'm like, what the fuck are we doing, people? And see, I we know. we we like to pull at the threads in the podcast we pull at the threads like we still want to know you know inside man they left us with our bobby in heaven surrounded by angels we still want to know what happened there 
Yeah, there's there's no you know? way they're going to tie up every loose end. Yeah, there's no, there's no way. There's no way. There's but, no way that but the biggest loose end of all, Adam, I feel like they handled well. I really enjoyed that. Jake Abel is so fucking good. Yes, oh he my is. God, he was so he good. He is so good. That he's, He ran away with that episode. Yes, he and did. And an episode that has the regular cast in it, that is really saying something. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because he he stole every scene he was in. You know, yeah, just... and his portrayal of Michael was yes because you know some of the girls we were when we were watching it live they're like this isn't I'm like that was alternate universe Michael it wasn't our Michael yes we had <laughs> yeah. to keep reminding the winches of that <laughs> yeah you got to keep the canon straight for sure but I I thought that episode was also incredibly well written I love what they did with the relationship that Michael and Adam worked out over time that was that was a complete surprise to me. And when the show yeah. doesn't surprise me, I'm so grateful because it doesn't surprise me well, as much anymore. But that really surprised me. It surprised well, me, but it got made sense. was Lucifer's side of the things that, you know, yep. that Michael was bonkers down there. And, and because, you know, Lucifer is crazy and he likes to drive people crazy. That wasn't shocking. Yeah. No, I, I loved it. That was that was a really well-written, well-acted episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, major, major props to Jake Abel because he knocked it out of the park in that episode. He really, really love that they brought him back. Yes. And like Jake was like, oh, yeah, no, I'm coming. <laughs> He's wanted to come back. I've seen him so many times at conventions and he always has talked about how much he wants to come back. So I'm really happy for him that he got to. <laughs> oh, we've got tons of people that want to come back. Even uh, Lauren wants to come back to do Bella. And, and not every, not everyone is going to get it. And I don't want everyone to come back. I don't want that oh, to no. be the entirety of no. the season. But. No. No. But I just love that, you know, she's huge on freaking Walking Dead. Walking Dead and all of the other stuff that she's been doing. And she's like, mm-hmm. oh, no, I would come back. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that there's so much love for this cast and this, this yep. show that they're like, oh, no, no, I would make it happen if I could. Yeah, I Anybody like it. Anybody who's ever been on it, yep. I, I like that everybody, yeah, would, you know, not not I'm not saying they should bring them back. I'm just saying I like oh, no. that all of yeah. them want to come back. Yeah. Exactly. No, it really says something about the show and the set and the and the other actors for sure. Well, we have to ask the inevitable question before we go. Uh Lynn, have the boys ever pranked you? <laughs> yeah. Really? Oh, no way, really? <laughs> I mean, if you want to call it pranked, it it's not anything elaborate. Um the, the thing that popped into my head was there was one time when I was was early on in a in the conventions and I was doing an interview with someone else, but in like the green room at a convention mm-hmm. and Jensen and Jared were there too. And they were off in another corner, like just, you know, chatting and goofing around and stuff. And then all of a sudden Jensen came over to say hello, but he, he can do this thing with his eyes. I don't know if you've ever seen a picture where he can cross one eye. Yes. And not Yes. And he came over and like leaned in and was like, hi, Lynn. And I and I started I turned around and was like ready to be like, oh, hi, Jensen, in my perfectly fangirl way. But what I was confronted with was this horrible, horrible picture of him with his eyes doing this. And I I actually screamed. I was like, "Ah!" what's the matter? What's the matter? And he like wouldn't get out of my face. It was like, what's the matter? What's the matter? He's such a 14 year old boy sometimes. Yes, it was very funny. That's so funny. And with Jared, yeah, there have been a couple times too. I remember one time um, that I was with Jared and Jensen and some other people and uh, I was working on Fangasm, the new book. 
And I had let that person read the new book, but I hadn't let Jared and Jensen read it because, you know, Fangasm is like like a memoir. So there's a lot of like true confessions in there right. about what I <laughs> thought about Jared or Jensen at the time that I didn't really want them reading. So I wasn't yeah. really going to about it. Objectification um, corner. Was, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but this other person was like, oh, have you guys read the new book? And And Jared was sitting next to me and he just turned to me and like, bellowed like what there's a new book and you didn't tell us and I was like so caught off guard that I literally almost fell off my chair and bumped into the <laughs> I thought he wasn't really intending to prank me but it worked really well because I think that's <laughs> really ridiculous so yeah <laughs> so, so, got me on occasion is he really that huge he looks huge yes yes yeah, looks like see. a mountain of a man. I mean, he's he's a little skinny for me at, at right now because he's been his marathon stuff. But yeah, no, he's he's yes, both of them. I mean, I was shocked by how tall Jensen is yes. because he's shorter than Jared. But the two of them are both compared to me gigantic. So oh, yeah, I, I'm five foot tall, and I'm just like, oh, just give it to me, just give me. <laughs> see, I'm five That's nine, so. <laughs> I'm five nine, so I like a tall guy. You know, <laughs> I know, and I know, I know you tall girls hate us short girls, short, short girls that want the tall boys. But man, there's just my my ex was six one, and it's just like, ugh, it's just mm-mm. yeah, that's where it, yeah, that's where it needs I, to be. <laughs> I know, no, I'm only five three, but you know, most of the people that I've dated or been married to are over six foot also not as tall as jared and jensen though just like right around six foot jared's <laughs> really really tall really tall yeah and then he wears boots and it's just like jesus yeah yeah no it's ridiculous <sighs> he's so beautiful they both are. they all are he was one of my rock stars uh in another series uh he's my deacon in um my lost and oblivion series and then uh jensen was the inspiration between uh for uh, a trilogy i wrote uh, which was one of my first books, and um, yeah, Logan. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Nice to picture people who look like that when you're reading <laughs> or writing. And that's, there've been a couple other times too, but I won't tell them. But those those are the two that come to mind. Most. That's great. That's so great. <laughs> Little mini pranks, mini pranks, just guaranteed to get Lynn to like lose her composure, which worked really well. That's awesome. <laughs> and are really are they really like that all the time? Like, are they really insane? No, no. I've certainly had conversations with them that were completely, really serious. You know, we when we were working on Family Don't End with Blood, especially with Jared, that there was a lot of back and forth about his chapter, which is a really serious chapter. So, mm-hmm. no, they they aren't. Yeah, but yeah. they but they certainly can be playful at times. Oh, that's good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because well, I mean, like they, they, they're just they're just so hilarious together. And they just seem so at ease with each other. And it's just, I, I sometimes I almost don't want to know, you know? <laughs> no, I mean, I, 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 when I, when I first was going to actually meet them as actors, you know, because I love the show, I was like, oh God, like, what if they're jerks, you know? What exactly. It- Please don't ruin it. Please don't ruin it. Exactly. And I I was so grateful after I did get to know them even a tiny bit that it was clear that, oh, they're not assholes. Oh, thank God. Right. So uh, that would totally ruin it. Yeah. If they, yeah. I think, I think part of the, part of the appeal is knowing people have said that they are amazing for it to be a lie at this point, but. Yes, totally. Totally. 
and I, and I was uh, I was a Gilmore Girls fan before, so I followed into Supernatural from Oh my God, it's Eric Brady, and Oh my God, it's yeah. Dean from Gilmore Girls. No, I didn't so, know. Her. I, I had never watched either of those shows. That's funny. Oh. Yeah. Wow. See, see, I had was, not was, watched Gilmore Girls. It was Girls. really different for me because I'm like, oh, wait, Dean, wait, who's Dean on Gilmore Girls? Wait, 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 wait. Oh, and, and you know, then, then it was just always. I mean, I watched always. Gilmore Girls later, but I had not ever watched it prior to this. Uh, but I did watch Days of Our Lives. I did have a thing for Eric Brady. I mean, you know, I mean, come on. Yeah, see, I've never, I've never seen either of those shows. So I, I, to me, they are just so inextricably wound up with Sam and Dean that I think it's going to be hard for me to even understand them as another character because this is all I've ever known them as. I did watch, I went back and watched Dark Angel after, but that was after uh, we got into. Yeah, that was good too. So, see, I haven't Dark watched Angel Dark Angel yet, so no spoilers, y'all. No spoilers. I haven't oh, watched yes. it. No, it watch. was just such a different, different character. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, I did watch but him on Smallville. It's a great show. I, yeah, I watched Smallville, too, and never noticed Jensen at all. Really? Like, yeah. Well, they, they really, uh, they really vanilla'd him in Smallville. <laughs> they did, yeah. He, because he's such a good actor, that. but they totally didn't use him. Oh, but he no. was a great bad guy. Yeah, he was. I, he didn't grab me at all in in Smallville, but I do love Dark Angel. I loved his character in Dark Angel. Yeah, it, it had some Dean overtones with the 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 bravado, but oh, for sure, yeah, yeah. And he said that 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 there were similarities in Alec and Dean. Oh, the snark. Yeah. I mean, Dean's exactly. snark is part of his charm. You know? Yeah, yeah, sure. Jensen's timing is yes absurd. Like, yeah, I don't think anybody. I, and I watch a lot of TV and movies, and he just has this magic when it comes to timing. I don't, and his emotions and his just his face. Yeah, <sighs> no, I think I mean he. I I I know that I love the show, so I'm I understand that I'm biased, but I really genuinely think he's one of the best actors out there. Mm-hmm. He really is, and so underrated. Like they don't even know. Ridiculous, ridiculous. And Jared's no slouch either. I mean, oh my God, no, he's incredible, and and. And he's especially incredible in these last couple seasons. Oh, the yeah. The things that he can say with his face mm-hmm. and convey, even when they're not in the line. It's, yeah, I don't even know how you do that. It's amazing. I guess yeah, maybe that's why. I think he's grown the most as an actor through the show. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yes. I think so, too. I think that's why I love the uh, French Mistake episode so much when they're acting badly. That's my go-to, by the way. When I need cheering up, that's what I watch. Is oh, really? that bad acting scene from French? It's painful to me because anytime yeah. that there's any comedy that's painful like that, I like hide my face. I feel embarrassment for them so badly oh, that I can't God. watch it. You have embarrassment, Squick. No, I do not. I, I do. I have. That's I why I don't like watch a lot of like Will Ferrell stuff and. <laughs> Because I'm like, oh my god, I can't do it. That's funny. No, I don't feel that at all. I relish in it. It just, I, it makes me belly laugh. I find it so funny. In uh, Family Mm -hmm. Don't End with Blood, they tell the story about, and I don't remember who does it. Okay, I just remember from the book they're talking about uh, the scene with, if there's a lock, then there must be a key. (laughs) And 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 that they say that anytime somebody's like you know there's a lock well there must be a key in real life they throw that in there and oh, i was yeah. like i do that too <laughs> anytime anytime because that's my favorite scene i do that yep. too yeah it's like a knee-jerk reaction now. yes 
Oh, just like, okay, this is something else that I do that that I can't help it, and I, I do it every time. When we play, when I, in my air shift, when Heat of the Moment by Asia comes up in my air shift, when it goes off and I have to talk after it, what we call a back announce, when I, when the song ends, I can't help it. I go, rise and shine, Sammy. I say that on the air every time. <laughs> it's now, just that's like my fun. episode. Is it? That's my episode. Yeah. Oh, that, that's a great episode, too. Bad How many times Black Rock is in one episode? Well, let me show. Let me show you. <laughs> Van Edlund, uh, brilliant writer. Oh yeah, oh, my God, see, so missed, so missed, I have, so missed. Yeah. I have gotten so many people hooked on the show because I'm like, oh, you got to watch it. Oh, you got to watch it. And I tell every one of them, if you're not hooked by the time Dean says, "Driver picks the music, shotgun shuts his cake hole," I said, if you're not hooked by then, you're not ever gonna be. You're, you, that's you know, right. You know that and we don't know each other. That yeah, well. <laughs> we, yeah. And I tell them, and then we can't be friends anymore. You know, I tell people we no, can't be friends anymore. <laughs> I don't know because my experience was weird. I watched the first season because I had a friend who loved the show and was like, "You got to watch it. You got to watch it." So I sort of watched in solidarity with my friend, but it did not capture me during that whole first season. It wasn't until the beginning of season two. And really? I suddenly was like, oh, my God, this is such oh. an amazing show. Why have I not realized? And then I well, went back. it's probably because the myth arc started in two. Some people don't like the Monster of the Week stuff that it was originally set up with. I mean, now I love season one, but mm-hmm. it, it did I, not. I watched season me. one through three the most. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, me too. Me too. Those are my favorites now. But at the time, season one did not. I just... I wasn't sort of in a space where I was open to really being fanish about something. I think it was partly about where I was in my own life too. I was really busy. The kids were little. I was, you know, I was mm-hmm. thinking about changing jobs. It, it was, it was a, you know, it wasn't a time when I needed to find something to be fanish about, but then in season two, it was like a perfect storm of, Oh, I really need something to distract me from real life. And Oh my God, this show I've been watching is actually amazing. Well, and Tara and I have discussed in um, previous episodes of the podcast, too, that the first few episodes, you don't really see that lightning in a bottle yet, you know? No, it's, it's, it's like it's, episode four. It really yeah, is. Yeah. You know, the, yeah. you, you can sort of see the the thing, the chemistry and the lightning is happening, but you they don't the moment, catch it in the bottle. The moment Dean jumps into Sam's arms on that dock. Yes. <laughs> that episode. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty much it. That right there. Yeah, that that must have been right after the fight, <laughs> <laughs> the the famous bar fight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the infamous bar fight. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now that's a now that's a fandom legend. Yeah, a real life legend. Yeah, an amazing legend too. That's <laughs> well, that was so, when they th- that that so when him. they defended each other. That's what made exactly. them brothers. You know, that was when that made them brothers outside and off the screen. And I think that's what that Jensen had to go to. back in and get his dumbass. <laughs> I mean, the fact that they yeah. had each other's back in a real situation where they were attacked, you know, and they they that's, I guess, what led to the chemistry on screen so so much, too. And I also think the the sort of 
you know, they had they had their only their one and only big knockdown drag out fight early on. And then that forced them to talk about it and to be like, no, we got to We got to be on each other's side. We can't we can't have this happen. Mm -hmm. And Kripke told them that, too, like this rests on you. If you guys, you know, turn into brothers in real life, then that's going to be what people believe on the show. And I think they all they all knew that and they all took it to heart. Well, and brothers don't get along, you know, siblings don't always get along. Oh, no, they, they but they're in a situation. The yeah. You know, they're in a situation where they have to make up and, you know, kiss and make up or whatever. Um, And uh, I mean, because me and my brother, oh, Lord, we, you know, some of the knockdown drag outs arguments that we've had, because I to this day will tell you he cheated at Monopoly. Every time we played, you know, I mean, so there's but we're brother and sister. We have to get along, you know, and I think that was sort of a, a similar situation. They had to get along or, or felt like they had to because there was so much resting on the two of them, you know. Yeah, it's a lot yeah. of pressure, too. Yeah, exactly. It, is. it so, is. And it doesn't always happen. I mean, there's been there's many more shows where that doesn't happen and the people who are supposed to have an on-screen relationship hate each other and it implodes or don't like each other and then that then you don't have that chemistry but they went the I know, that was the best part of the french mistake that they actually like played on that in the <laughs> yeah. world that they hated each other in at least life, they're and talking then, and then they're, they're talking. And then they're here they are in the in you know but so many dudes, shows they're like what do you mean we hate each other and what there's an alpaca what the fuck yeah <laughs> <laughs> so what you're polish now yeah, you know, <laughs> well, they are the greenest animal, you know. Yeah, <laughs> it's an alpaca, dumbass. Uh, yeah. You have a camel in your backyard. Um, it the there's so many uh, shows out there that implode because the relationship between the 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 two co-stars or whatever the main you know thing doesn't get along. I mean, case yeah. in point, yeah. Castle. Oh yeah, yeah. Just yeah, so mad at that. that I can't yeah. even. I love Nathan Fillion so much. And when I found out that he was a jackass, I was so mad. I'm like, yeah. no, why did you take that away from me? Oh, oh. Yeah, so lucky with this show. So lucky. I mean, not only did Jared and Jensen get along, they live like right a mile from each other. <laughs> yeah. Their kid. Jared is always in their pool. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that does not happen. That really, that is really kind of unprecedented. Right. And, but you know what? I think that from year for years to come, I think people are gonna hold Supernatural up as a lesson for other shows, and and oh, say, you know, yeah. if you could be like this, you can go for fifteen seasons. Yeah, you know. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't sure. know that any show. I don't know that any show will ever, ever. No, no I don't no, know. But if I'm, ever have this combination again? This well, lightning no, in a bottle. I don't think so. It, it just it was. It was the people, it was the casting, it was the time also, mm -hmm. the time when we still didn't have 8 million streaming channels and there was still right. a limited repertoire of television and the internet was just, you know, taking off as a fandom platform. It was so many things that happened simultaneously that really were the lightning in a bottle. And none of that, I mean, all of those things won't happen again because some of them are, you know, time-based, cohort-based. Well... Now, on that note, because we've gone for like so much so long, um, we're oh going. Oh my God, that must be why I have to go to the bathroom. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> me too. I'm like, I looked at my coffee, I'm like, oh, well, yeah, yeah, because yeah, you know, we're pretty much 
we're like at a you know uh, i mean we we appreciate that you took so much time for your afternoon yes thank on a you Saturday, so much which we know you're crazy busy especially it now we know that you're super crazy busy i am i'm gonna i'm gonna go get to work on that project right now but Yay! this is really fun okay and we hope you come back we would love to have yes. you back after, after when the book yep. comes out stick yeah. us in your schedule i know you're probably gonna have tons of podcasts coming at you but yeah, but I'll, I'll definitely, I'm going to actually I'll tell the publisher to put you on the on the list. So that oh, we don't thank you. That would be super sweet. Thank you so much. Awesome. Okay, so now. And we'll definitely review it for the podcast as well. Yes, we will. Uh, awesome. Definitely. Okay, so yeah, now. I know we... all about that, 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 that machine that you need the. You need yeah, the, the publicity. Yeah. <sighs> the, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay, so copies be coming at you. Okay, so <laughs> now oh, we would love it. So, and we'd love to do a giveaway on our podcast. Too, oh, so. that would be awesome! Yeah, to do a oh, giveaway, yeah, that great would be idea. great. That yeah, would if be we great. could get a signed book or something, that'd be that'd be perfect. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, well, so now we have you're to just say delight, Delin. Thank you so much. Yes, oh, thank, thank you. you. This was totally fun. Well, Yay. now we have to say it. So, peace out, bitches. Bye. Bye. Good night, Chuck. That bitch.